Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And I'm sure that everybody today is still somewhat in the Pesach mood. And that's what I hope, because we, uh, we have a show that's a post-Pesach wrap-up right now. And I think it will be very interesting and by need your participation. So I'm going to tell you in a few moments what, what I need people to call me about. And if you can jot down the number. I don't see the numbers. Oh, there they are. Okay. Uh, you can reach the studio. Don't call yet, but jot it down, 718-683-5858. And the text line, which you could even start texting, is 347-927-8398. You know, when I think about Pesach, there's so many things that come to mind. I, I just to typify and, and to give this some kind of uh, some kind of start, I was thinking about the fact that I was l- sitting and learning with one of my grandchildren on Pesach, and uh, I t- mentioned that we were learning the halo- the Mishnah about the Hasidim Harishonim, that Jews of old what they used to do was that they prepared for their davening in the full hour before they davened, and then the Gemara says that their davening took an hour. And then after they davened, they took another hour after the davening before they went back to anything else. So everybody can understand. First, there's a lot of time. That's nine hours a day. And the Gemara has questions on that. But, you know, how do they accomplish the the Torah? Okay, so they were Hasidim Rishonim. They were special people. But the question is, with the hour before the davening, I understand they're getting into the mood. It's a lot of time. But they, that would be nice if everybody would arrive an hour before davening. It wouldn't look like a hefkeris where everybody's rushing in half with the tefillin on and the, this in the middle of that, saying that bracha and grabbing and grabbing and grabbing. If they walk in nicely before, east of five minutes, ten minutes, but an hour, beautiful, beautiful preparation. I understand the the, the, the took an hour. That's the shmon esrei. Now I'm just talking about the, all the davening. Just the shmon esrei took an hour. Okay, so I understand it took an hour. But what was the other hour for? What was the hour after the davening? And the answer is, the hour after davening is to take what you got from the davening and put it inside you. You can't walk away from it, just, you know, close the book, and uh, I davened. <laughs> if you davened and you don't, have, you don't have to stay a few minutes and think about what, that, what you were thinking about in, in when you said Shema Koleinu, or you say Rufa'inu, or Barechaleinu, or anything, anything at all that you, that you daven, and you walk away, right away schmoozing. Tell your friend, there's something wrong. Kol Shekane, if we look at Pesach, Pesach was eight days. We lived in a different life. We gave up Chomets for eight days. We, nobody in the world would do such a thing like we did. Okay, we live in a we live in a, a hut for eight days. Fine, but here we here we actually we actually changed our lifestyle. We didn't eat chametz. The world finds us the most amazing thing. 
they can't understand at all. I mean, to change your diet for eight days, and what's the purpose? Either you change your diet completely, you know, you go on a diet, or you uh, stay the way you are. But to go change back and forth, and then, we, you know, we have to, we, we change over, as we say. We change over for Pesach, and then now, the last two days, everybody's been buying everything and, and starting life all over again. And the ones who go away in the summer, they're going to do it again when they go up to the mountains, and we get another, when they come back to the city, they're going to change over another two times. But, but, but whatever it is, is how can we go through that kind of experience that Pesach was? A, a Seder, one Seder, but two Sedarim? We had two Sedarim, and we lived in, in, in a completely different way. We pumped into ourselves emuna, emuna, emuna. We, 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 we changed our lifestyle. We changed the food we ate. We, we, did, so, we did so many things different. Shira Shirim. How can we walk away from Pesach with a Shira Shirim with nothing. So I think a little downtime now, before we go back to the rest of our life and go into regular cautious issues, we'll talk a little bit about Pesach. So that's, that's what today's show is about. So I'm going to mention something that maybe it's important to you, maybe it's not important to you, but I think it's important for us to just have it in the back of our mind. And that is that this Pesach, as unfortunately on every Pesach, there have been many mislabeled products. There have been many cautious issues that came up. Okay, we didn't have any of those amazing things that we had to throw everything out and everybody could call everybody else. What's going on in your house? Uh, you know, do you, did, you have, did you lose uh, desserts over it? Oh, no, it's, it wasn't one of those. But think, first of all, I want to tell you, I, I, got a, I, I, I can't tell you how many calls I got. And I can't tell you all of the details of some of the calls, but I want to give you a little flavor. One of the biggest things that I found in the written material is that things were put in the wrong section. Not one thing, uh, somebody was shopping and he put it back into the wrong section. No, the stores were making a lot of mistakes and putting things into the basic section. So we always say, check everything you have, every package. But the truth is, you really have to do it. And as time goes on, you have to do even more because there are so many products. It's so, so, so confusing, and there are so many mix-ups. I want to just read to you, though, a couple things. Maybe it will apply to, um, to the rest of the year, and if it won't apply to the rest of the year, meaning that something you know, was you know, mislabeled, you put it away and make sure you didn't put it with your paste of things and, and use it again next year, everything is paste Or, But even just to be aware that these things occur. Here we have a product, Mikey's. Mikey's is a very well-known product. So he says, uh, Mikey's apricot candied chicken sauce, which every house has to have, right? <laughs> Mikey's apricot candied chicken sauce. So it said there that it, um, it, that it, was, it, was, it was labeled kosher for Pesach, but there were 5% kidneys in there. 5%? Okay. Swati wouldn't matter with it. Maybe Bittel, maybe we could discuss that. But it's wrong. It's wrong. That's all. And uh, another example of something that came up this year, which is a little more exciting, is that um, uh, people never thought about water. Now, again, we the basic position is that any plain water is not an issue if it says uh, OU or some other hashkocha and it just uh, no no pee on it or anything like that. We don't have a problem with the, with, with water. However, there's a thing called enhanced water. They enhance it with minerals. And in that, they sometimes put in sensitive ingredients like citric acid. 
So that really needed a, a Pesach designation. And as people get into the fancier and fancier waters, they don't just use salt anymore. They use the special salts. And they don't use any more water. They're using these special waters. So it's something to be aware of. And here's, an, here's one of the things that came up right before Pesach. I don't know if you saw it or didn't see it. And maybe it didn't affect you because maybe you don't even know what quinoa is. But if you are into quinoa, and if you decided to consider it not um, kidneyous, or you're a Svardi and you don't have the kidneyous problem, so they told you to be careful to buy only special ones that were done kosher or Pesach, etc. So now here, here's something that came up. It wasn't a Pesach problem, but it was a problem with a Pesach product. It seems that a number of the uh, quinoas were infested with insects, the ones that imported from Israel. It seems that strites, quinoa was, was affected, and labona, uh, quinoa, these were both affected, even though they had no UP, but they uh, had a lot of infestation in them, and that was an interesting uh, thing that came up this year. Another one uh, is that Liebers made a thing called whole purple plums, and that was uh, not kosher for Pesach, but the labels got marked on there. Uh, they tried to have them crossed out. They didn't cross them out well, and a number of them were... Uh, we're still saying Pesach on it. These are kind of things that occur. I have another one here also. Um, th- th- this one, that uh, in Chocolate Emporium, Passover chocolate-covered cranberries. Of course, everybody needs chocolate-covered cranberries, right? So they said that they, uh, that there was a kidneyous issue there, and the store said you could refund it. But in other words, it was uh, Chocolate Emporium's error, and uh, this is something that happened... Uh, and if you're if you're in that area um, where they have a, a, cho- a chocolate emporium, okay. Now, we, without going on to more of the, these mix-ups that occurred, I'd like to go to something that we can all relate to, on one level or another. And I would say one level or another because many of us never get to go away uh, on our own to for Pesach to a hotel, but there are some people who do go, and and, and the numbers are increasing. The numbers this year are in the 50,000 range. I don't know if that's an accurate number, but that's the number that was given. Everybody was passing that number around, 50,000. And it, it's big dollars. Uh, I, I don't have a calculator here. You have to check up on my, on my statistics. But if you take the 50,000 and uh, the average uh, room, at least in one of these places, was between $4,600 a person to $10,000 per person for the hotel. So you're talking at least, let's say, let's take a simple number like $6,000 you know, uh, average, and uh, it's low. And you take a 6000 and you multiply it by the, uh, the 50000 uh, and what did we come up with? You, you have a calculator? <laughs> I want to tell you something. This is Yetziat Brooklyn, we said. <laughs> Not yet Mitzrayim, Yetziat yeah. Brooklyn. It's Yetziat like, Brooklyn for sure. It's like, you uh, see your neighbors on all sides, right? It's unbelievable, you know. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about in the billions or close to a billion. It's a real, real money. And I remember that right before Pesach, and I did this a few years ago, we talked about the actual idea if everybody gave 10%, which of course I... I couldn't get that any but I have anybody. But uh, the uh, but if you think about it, we in in Rabbi Landau's shul, they raised two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars or two hundred fifty thousand. I think it's two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to give to people 
the average about a thousand. Some maybe got five hundred, but a lot of people got a thousand dollars, and uh, they did, you know, they aff- affected maybe a thousand or more people, and that's Rabbi Landau Shul. It's a beautiful chesed, but they squeezed. It was hard. It went down till the wire to get all that money. Now there's one gentleman who um, is in business. I'm sure he's doing very well, and he took twenty seven people to the, one of these hotels. Now, if I did my little arithmetic, it comes to somewhere between 125000 to 250000 for that eight-day period for his family. Yet with 27, it means including his grandchildren, his sons-in-law, daughters-in-law, I mean, oh, that's his family. But still in all, we're talking about uh, up to a quarter of a million dollars where Rabbi Landau shall raise for all the aniyam in our area this man spent for his family for Pesach for the eight days. So we have to start putting things a little in perspective, and if you go away and you can't afford to go away, or you have to go away because somebody in the family needs to go away and they can't make Pesach, which is a reality, and you can some, or you may have some deal and you're getting there a little cheaper, or you found a real, real, real good deal, or you don't go to a hotel, you go to something else where you rent and you have to pay them on food, whatever it is. Hey, whatever you arrange to do, but please think about the aniyim in our neighborhoods before you go and when you come back. And if you didn't give a big sum this year, find a nice tzedakah to give it to. Now, without further ado, I'm going to ask everybody who's listening, if you went, if you went to, um, if, if you went away for Pesach to a hotel and you have a story to share with us, I don't want to know what you did on Cholamoid. I don't want to know how great the ambiance of the hotel is. They'll make us all feel bad if we couldn't go with you. But we want, more importantly, to discuss things that are that are important uh, for us in the in the Kashmir world and in the Frum world. What is going on in these hotels? Is the uh, atmosphere appropriate for the families that went? In your experience, where I don't want to hear names of any hotels, I don't want to hear names of any hashkachos, any caterers, I don't, any uh, tour uh, leaders. I don't want to hear anything about that. I don't want to know the names of the mashgichim. I don't want to hear anything about it or the yeshivas that they went to. Or they don't go to. They didn't go to yeshiva. Just tell us some of your experiences this past this past year, or maybe an older experience in the in further back in the past. Give us some kind of an idea of what your experiences have been. Because I've received already a number of phone calls and emails about reactions to some of the programs. And not all of it was very positive. I must tell you that right before Pesach, it was pretty close. I don't know how he get, how he manipulated it, but a gentleman called me up. He's a Swadish fellow and um he said to me he wants to go to a very religious program. So I mentioned some programs to him. He says, no, 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 I want to go to, and he named a, uh, he named a state. He must go to that state. <laughs> but he wants a very firm program, he must go to that state. We came up with a place, and he was very happy with it. And very fortunately, he was able, pretty close to the end, to arrange to go there. And, and we get the calls about people who are uh, trying to make a decision where to go, and a lot of times I have to tell them the truth about some of the places that they want to go. And it's a, you know, it's a little bit shocking to them. And there's always a choices around that uh, they could choose that would be appropriate. But a lot of times people choose places that really don't work for them. And that seems to be what I heard about this year. So I'm going to share with you some of my findings. But I'd like you to first call in, if you can, at 718 683 
5858 if you want to share with us your experience on Pesach. Some things in the hotel uh, could have been better. Uh, you feel that uh, maybe they're... Maybe in the maybe in the Benedom maybe in the, maybe in, the, maybe in, the uh, in the in the Shabbos area, maybe in the in the Kashrus area, maybe in the Pesach area, maybe the atmosphere, something that you feel um, were would have to should should really be improved for the future, and that that you know would help us to understand and to be able to react and to maybe uh, help some of the people who are arranging for next year and give them an idea of what really is involved. So our number again, 718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text us, then you could do that to 347-927-8398. But before we take any callers, I'd like to share with you some of the reactions of the people that I spoke to. Now again, this is not um, this is not uh, in a, in a, in a, this is not a negative statement about the entire field. I can assure you that there are many, many, many Elicha people in the field, but there are some things that people came up with. So I'm going to share with you. Well, do you have a call already? Oh, I'll take the first caller. Go ahead, please. Oh, you're unconscious on the air. Hello, I'm on the air. I'm, so, I'm sorry, a little louder. Hello, I'm on the air. Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, so um, a, friend, a friend of mine told me something. At first I thought it was a joke, but let's see after going to the hotel. I realized it's really the truth. He told me, um, when you're at your parents for Pesach, it's When you're in a hotel with your parents, it's When you're in, when you're um, by in-laws, it's chag, it's chag kosher. And by, uh, well, we lost him, so it must have been a, 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 bit, a little bedicha, maybe a little joke. Okay, fine. Anyway, let, let me tell you some of the things that, that, that people saw. One is that the the uh, advertisement said Shmura only, Shmura Matzah only, or only Shmura Matzah or Shmura Matzah, whatever it said. In the reality, was a little different. And I know this, some of this for the fact, because I, I've spoken to many people who are in, the, in this business. You know what Shmura Matzah costs. Uh, I had somebody contacting me. He's trying the last minute before Pesach. He wanted to get 10 pounds of a certain brand of Shmura Matzah which he held was better taste-wise and maybe cautious-wise over the others, right off the shelf. In other words, it wasn't a Chabura matzah, which we spoke about before Pesach, but it was a matzah that you just buy from the store. And they were, the place, they were sold out. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, either it's a great-tasting thing or maybe it's more kosher, I don't really know. I mean, maybe it costs more than the others, less than the others, I don't know. But Shmura matzah can be very pricey. And in these hotels... They have hundreds of people going. The, the hotel, I read up a bit recently, uh, there's a little write-up about one of the hotels and their Pesach program. They had 800 people. 800 people at $23, $25 a pound of matzahs. You can add it up yourself and you see that some of that billion dollars is being chipped away. And matzah is more expensive than filet mignon. I mean, if you can eat flame oil, I don't know if it's, there's, a, there's a kosher section of it. But the but the point is, whatever whatever uh, is probably per pound, it costs much more than the most expensive steaks. So what we're saying is, it is a challenge. So the, some of these uh, tour leaders, they cut back on the hand shmur matzah. 
and they try to give you, uh, sometimes they try to give you regular matzahs, and then if you ask, you get the shmura matzah, and sometimes it takes a little longer to get it for you. So they're trying uh, to save that shmura matzah, and they try to figure out in advance, because they're purchasing all this stuff, how much they're going to actually need. So sometimes uh, people have complained that they are not getting shmura matzah, or they're not getting one that they consider to be acceptable enough, or something else in this variety. So uh, it is a, it's an interesting thing. When you're going to one of these tours, you really should be looking for, for, for where the, all the people are the same and, and, and not where it's a, a, a mixed group because the, when you have a mixed group, then they're going to try to satisfy everybody. And you satisfy some of the people, the right-wingers, you're going to satisfy with the best matzahs and the most sneers. And with the other groups, you might find that they are trying to satisfy the people with other interests. So it's something that people should keep in mind. Another thing that, that they came to me with, and this I found very strange, was that they found, in this particular place anyway, that the tablecloths weren't being changed. He's talking not just about, uh, he's talking about milkings and fleshics. So I told them that milkings and fleshics, I mean, that's a problem for all year. Uh, obviously, there's a quality control problem there in who is watching the waiters and, uh, you know, in this kitchen, uh, kitchen boys, the ones who were bussing off and were setting up the table. I mean, that's a quality control thing that applies anywhere. But was interesting because they, th- that's something you could see because the marks were still there from a previous thing. They maybe just shook off a little bit the, the crumbs from the matzah and they continued to use the same cloth. That obviously isn't good. Uh, halachically, it isn't all that terrible because of the fact that you're eating on plates. But uh, it's inappropriate, and it's also not very uh, sanitary. Uh, other people came to me with with uh, atmosphere issues. I don't want to go through all the details of it, but there were some places there was rock music, and people were dancing to it, and there was uh, other things of that nature, poker games, and uh, you know things like this were going on in the hotel, and it, it's very hard. If and the biggest problem is if you don't have an exclusive kosher program. If it's not an exclusive kosher program, then that means that other people are going to be there, and they have to do something. They have to eat food, and they have to entertain themselves. So they're going to be floating around the hotel. There was a hotel a couple of years ago where the, uh, they had, they had uh, negotiated with the hotel to have the entire hotel, and the caterer found out that they took a certain number of rooms and gave them to, uh, gave them to, uh, to, to pilots who were staying over, and then they, they have certain rooms they always make available for the pilots when they're, when they're, when they're down and not, they're not, not flying. So these people are goyim, and they want to eat treif. And they don't want to eat the uh, kashla Pesach. And when the Ashkocha found out about it, they wanted to walk out. They said, we told you only if you have 100% the whole hotel. We're not going to give certified anything else. So, the, he, so the, the caterer, who didn't know about this thing, was angry with the hotel, but he had nothing he could do because they're not going to kick these people out. So what he did was, he said, they stationed people to be like shoimrim, to make sure that these people in those rooms did not affect anything else in the hotel. And they charged, the, the hashgacha charged the caterer 
an additional $10,000 for their service. And that's what happened that year. So it's real. If you have total control, you're going to have a good, a good program. There were other things. I don't think I have to go into all of them. I, I'd like to see if anybody's going to call us, but no one's called it. I, I want to say, you know, this, I spoke about it in uh, Pesach and also on my show about the idea of uh, Pesach. In, uh, I know that if, if you don't have a choice, y- yes, it's good. But, you know, I, I, I cannot see myself in, in a hotel. And beside this, what does bother me is the guy that's working in the kitchen. Are he, is, is he have as, as a Pesach? It's impossible. Right. It's impossible that the chef and the, the, the mashgiach, he cannot even enjoy the Pesach. I don't understand this. You know, it's a greed. I'm telling you, I said loud and clear. It's a greed. I don't, uh, unless, you, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, Leah, maybe people upset on me. Uh, maybe I'm a minority, but it's really pure greed. People that working and, you know, and the rabbi is given the, and this permission and they go with the family and enjoy it, you know. Come on, give me a break. Not give not me a break. You know, I just, uh, I, I cannot, I cannot see it. Uh, this. You can, you can tell me, Rabbi, that you have a uh, fifteen hundred people in a dining room, and you can be mashgiach on on this uh, quality of kashrut. I'm doubt it. Mm-hmm. I'm really doubt it. It's a big problem. I hear what you're saying exactly. Let me just add one more point. And, and beside gonna... this, one thing, one more yeah. thing. Beside this, this before you register to this program, please. Put your mask, sir, in the, the poor people. This $1 billion money, put $100 million to m- feed the needs here. To give it to the Yeshivot, give it to these people that really need it. Right. That, I'm I, sorry that I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's burning me. It's burning yeah, me. I mentioned it before, and I definitely agree with you. I just want to add one more thing. I don't want to go into all these details. As I see people are not so interested in this topic, although I thought they would be. I just want to point out that another complaint that I received was about the kinds of foods that were being served that the people who went said, we were told you can't eat those foods. I mean, raspberries, every day, fresh raspberries and strawberries and who knows what else. Things that uh, uh, some people feel they have a way of controlling strawberries. I don't really know how it's done. But raspberries, I thought everybody gave up on. It just seems to be that when you're paying that money, you want to have everything. And the cashless agency and the caterer is going to bend over backwards, and hopefully he's going to have real cashless. I don't know if in all these cases he can. Yes, the story I told you with that uh, that cashless agency, and we had that gentleman on the on the on the radio a couple of years ago. Yes, that was a real story, and he he's a very strong hashgach, and I'm sure that in his hotels, no funny business going on like this. But I can tell you for sure that to satisfy the people, sometimes they seek the lowest common denominator. So, if the you're chef, looking back, the look, chef wants to to show a nice dish, right? To show but the I, people if, that you pay the money. If you're Thinking back about where you spent this year, take this into consideration for next year. And now I'm going to open up the topic to anything you want to talk about about Kashrus. I don't mind what it is, but if you're going to ask me, can we shop here, can we shop there, I don't really have a list, so I can only give you some general ideas. I cannot answer you whether this person sold his chametz and who he sold it to, or the cast is selling, doesn't have to sell it. I really can't answer those questions. But, I, but I, before we start... 
I just want to mention a word about Glot Mart. And a Glot Mart is a great time. Everybody's getting back to shopping for you know after Pesach. It's a good place to stop in, see what's going on over there. And I can promise you're going to get out fast. It's not a place you're going to get stuck in for hours and hours. And some of these places where the lines are a million miles long, you can just forget about it. But you go in there, and I think you're going to get in and out conveniently. And when you think of Glotmart, think at conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart, and you're going to save time, like I just told you. In addition, try their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you've purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of the meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatikashas of Flatbush with Basio Safe Meats and with expert Nikor. At Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. And now we're going to answer your phone calls. You can reach us at 718. 718- Six eight three five eight five eight, or text us at whatever your interests you. It's three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Go ahead, please. Are you unconscious on the air? Can I help you? Yes. Good evening. I wanted to make a comment about what Newsom said about the volume, the size of the hotels, and by definition, therefore, one cannot be accurate as far as the hashkocha or the mashkichim that are there. And I take exception to that very strongly. The the ability to make a good hechsher, if, if the Rafa Machsher, whether it's without mentioning names, but all of the Rafa Machshirim that are able to do it, there are other venues, there are other yeshiva dinners, there are other meetings in Washington where you have 2,000 people, whether it's one meal or, or seven days. If there, if there is a, enough staff, one can one can be, give a hashkocha on five hundred thousand people. If there's not enough staff, then you're not competent to give a hechsher on a hundred people. The volume doesn't define the ability of the hechsher. The, the volume defines how many mashkichem are necessary. That's all. Uh, a a Rafa Masha who's who, who who is worth his value w- w- will not allow the raspberries or strawberries or whatever else unless it's properly washed to his to his requirements. And if it if they are, then you'll find it in a restaurant that he gives a hechsher on. And if it's not able to be done, you won't find it at a caterer when you go to a chasna that he is the Rafa Masher on. Rabbani Rat Machshirim do not go ahead and change their value system because it's the week of Pesach. The, 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 the Rabbanim that we rely on, the, what, what most of us would rely on, have very strict standards and, and they don't deviate from them because it's Pesach. Ramesha, you, yes. you said it clearly, and I agree with you 100%. The only thing I want to add to it is that we're talking about a billion dollars or whatever. And when you cut off the money that you give to the, to the Hashkocha agencies, there's a lot of money there. And what we're finding 
I mean, I'm, where I'm sitting, what I'm finding is that some individuals are taking more and more hotels. Not one hotel, not five hotels, but many hotels. And they themselves are only in one place. And obviously, they can't be in six places. Again, on Yom Tov, you can't go place to place. The and the quality. The star K, the OK, have Hachshirim all over the world, right, all right. year long. And they I, have field representatives that are right. in those places all year long. And, and either they can monitor them, either they are qualified people, or they're not qualified people. When they're not qualified people, they get replaced. When they are qualified people, they stay. And, and there's no difference with Pesach. You're right. Rabbi Heinemann is not going to be in seven hotels. I fully agree. Rabbi Ganak will not be at 15 OU hotels. I fully agree. But to say that his staff, by definition, is not qualified, to say, to say by definition that he can't have enough qualified people in all the places, then we're minimizing all the hechsheim down to nothing, down to one. You're 100% there's right, one on the uh, under by Eckstein on, uh, per night. There's one chasna under the OU or Rabbi Heinemann per night. And, 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 and the whole level of kashrus gets changed. The whole face of kashrus gets changed. Rabbi Heinemann has to visit each and every, every, each and every place. Rabbi Ganak has to be there to monitor each and every place. That, that's not the way Hachsherim are working. You're 100% right. There are people there that are qualified. Not all, 100%. Right. Not in every place, a hundred percent. But you know that's the that's the that, that's the choice of the people who go. That's the choice of the caterer who's running the affair of what level kashrus they're, they're 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 advertising. Are they advertising mixed swimming? Are they advertising dafyomi? Are they advertising a barbecue every every afternoon on chalamoid? Are they advertising Rabbi friend being there every day as a as a scholar in residence? It, it depends on, on, on where you want to go. And if, if a person picks the, the lower level, even if it costs more, but he's picking his Rav HaMachshir also. And we all pick our Rav HaMachshir. Whether we go into a store and we pick an, an item that has a K on it, or we pick an item that has an OU or a star K or an OK on it. It's, all, it's up to the consumer to pick which rabbi he wants. And the ones who pick the low level, if they get caught, if they get bitten in the tail, it's understandable that, 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 that because they would have gotten bitten in the tail when they went to a casino, they went to the guy's restaurant anyway. Right. But Moshe, we're not disagreeing. And I never said what, you know, it was said over here, but I didn't say it. But the, I but the point you said it. Okay. But, but it, it was announced on the radio, and, 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 and it's open forum for, for right. other people to no. comment about it. Right. Take yes. yeah. I work right. in the conscious world for over 30 years. And, and, and I've seen qualified people without Rabbi Heinemann no. standing over their head. Right. No. I've seen qualified people without Rabbi Ganak right. standing over their head. And likewise with the OK and the CHK, they don't, they, they, these, the, 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 the principles don't come to every shechita, they don't come to every chasna, they don't come to every milking at the, the dairy farms. Right, 100%. But the, the question that comes up, and that's what we, uh, one of the things that we think about, is that when kashrus becomes more and more of a business and when there's so much money to be made and when I can offer a hashkocha cheaper than some of the name brand uh, organizations that you mentioned, if I can get that, get that work and so, so, so I, I can make a lot of money. Now, who do I put in? In one the hotel that I'm referring to, there wasn't a single person there who worked for Pesach in the past. That is unbelievable. 
In the hotel that I'm referring to, that not one of the people, the head mashkiach, the workers, none of them had ever done Pesach before. That is absolutely unacceptable. What I'm saying is there are some bottom feeders that are actually cutting serious corners and people who go away... Definitely. And the same thing is in the shechita business. Right. And the same thing is in the dairies. And the same right. thing is in the cottage cheese and right. the yogurts. And, and, and all the hechsherim. There are people who feed on the bottom who give, who give every hechsher for $10 cheaper, whether it's a butcher store, whether it's any piece of hechsherim. We always have that range, that, 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 that full panorama of, of, of qualified people and not qualified people. Right. And, and, it, and it's, it's the consumer who picks them. It's a rabbi who, t- who says to his congregants, go to this place. You may go to this place. Do not go to this place. This rabbi is not, is not qualified. Don't use him. And, 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 and if we don't open up and become transparent, if we don't open up and let the consumers know from the rabbonim what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, the fact that a person is making a, a comfortable living and he wants to spend and have to bring his eneklech and his children and his wife doesn't have to cook and they go to a hotel for a Pesach and he spends a, a very large sum of money, that's his, that's his prerogative. I'm sure he, gets, he, he, he gives his donations and he, and he supports his yeshivas also. But to go ahead and to, by definition, to, to, to go ahead and say that, that, that it's a bad thing, it, that, 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 I take exception to that. I, 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 I don't think anybody for, said that. I stand up for a lot of other Dirabanim who go ahead and, and, and have Pesach programs. Moshe, no one said it's a bad thing. And I happen to know some people who have to go to these places because they, they physically cannot make Pesach in the house. And right. not everybody has the money. To, they're not, not everybody's paying that exorbitant amount of money. Anyway, listen, Ramesha, I got, a, I got other people calling in. And we'll, have I'm to do another, we'll have to do another they show will. together again. We'll talk again, I'm We'll sure. have to do another show together again. I really again. do listen to your show, and it is, it is very informative and very interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ramesha. Okay, you're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, um... Every Pesach, um, while, while cleaning the lettuce, um, what, it, it was a greenhouse-grown uh, vegetable, and um, we washed it anyway, and we, and we did find a very big, uh, like, clear, clearly a uh, climb. Just wanted to put that out there. You found it in what? We, we, we found a bug. In what? In, in a greenhouse-grown lettuce. Oh, okay. So, now, did you go to anybody and show it to them or tell them or anything? No, we didn't. So that's a big mistake. Any time at all that you find a bug in anybody's lettuce that they claim is pre-checked or pre-washed or they don't have to wash, check it, or you, you know, whatever these claims on the packaging, you have a responsibility to go to the Rava Machshir and or the, well, I would say and the owner of the company uh, if you can find the owner of the company, sometimes the companies in Israel, it's hard to get a hold of them. But everybody can be reached. But definitely have responsibility to go to one of the cautious agencies because how else are they ever going to know? You know, let's say, for example, you tell your five friends that I, I opened a package of this kind of uh, lettuce and I found a bug. And everyone say, oh, really? And they got to stop using it. And this, the Ashkafa didn't have a chance to do anything. In some cases, one bug that you find is absolutely insignificant, and halacha doesn't make any difference. Of course, you can't eat it, bug, and of course, uh, may, you know, maybe it'll spur you on to more checking, but it doesn't invalidate the hashkachas. 
what doesn't validate Dashkachos is a certain number of bugs in a certain number. And they then if they heard that you found it, they probably would do some investigation. They would ask you to hold on to the bug. I have one of Ramachshu who I love. one of my real favorites. And he uh, told me about somebody called up and she said she found it, but whatever, there's some kind of bug there. He said, fine, give it to me. So she never sent it. She never did anything. And he said, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? First of all, I don't know if it's true. And even if you send a bug, we don't, still don't know if it's true. Maybe he just puts it there. But even if it was there, let him see it. How can the man improve the situation by you saying you found a bug? It doesn't work that way. And what, what they do professionally is they check a lot of material. They check a lot. We had a, an advertiser on the show here a few, a few weeks ago, uh, before Pesach, and he was talking about, and they, we talked about their, their, their new product, the strawberries, and, they, uh, and, and, and we, decide, we, we discussed what they, and we mentioned that, that in order for that to get into the stores, the stores wouldn't take it. In the from, from stores in our neighborhood, Flatbush and Borough Park, some of these stores have excellent hashkochas, and they wouldn't let the product in until it had been properly checked. They took a lot of samples in order to say, yes, we think this product sounds like it's good. So w- we have to be able to test. So that's, to finding a bug doesn't mean anything. You could find a bug in chocolate. doesn't mean all the chocolate in the world is no good. You can find a bug in anything. So really, you have to save it and, and, and show it to them. Even if you didn't save it, you should call them up. And if you could uh-huh. find out the type of bug that it is, is it an aphid, is it a thrip, is it a, is it a mite, if, whatever it is, if you could tell them that, and you could tell them what you saw, and what, what bag you bought, what kind of bag, what, this and that, they'd be ha- they're happy to find out more. A serious cautious agency takes this all very seriously. So I, it doesn't really invalidate anything. Okay. And even if you found 20 of them in the same thing, it wouldn't invalidate it because it could be a freak thing. But obviously, you found a bunch of them, two or three even, it would be shocking to the cautious agency. So definitely, in the, in the future follow-up, I would still call them anyway. Don't sound like you're arguing, arguing with them. Sound like you just want to share it with them, and I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll be happy that you called. Okay? Oh, okay. Thank you very okay. much for calling. Okay, you're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Hello? Yeah, am I on that? Yes, am you're I on that? the air. You're on the air, sir. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, I mean, the way we're talking about all these Hashem and all the people going to the hotel, some people can't make cash, they can't make a kosher place at home. Either it's too hard or they're not capable. They don't know how luck is or whatever. For them, it's better. And not only that, the rabbi in residence, like Rabbi Fran, if he goes to a hotel, believe me, it must be good. That's my question. If he goes there, I'm sure the cash is good, or else he wouldn't go, even though he gets paid. But if he's there, I'm sure that it's a good place to go. What do you say? I, I, when people come to me, I don't work the way you do, but, but it, it, I'm not saying you're wrong. But I, but I, I, what I work is from the people who give hashkocha. So when they call me up and ask where I should go for Pesach, so I try to find out what they really want because some of them uh, would be satisfied on a, a more basic level. So I, I don't want to make them crazy. I said, listen, you, know, you have these, these choices. You know, there's an OU, OU there's an OK, there's a this, whatever, whoever it is. Um, if, if somebody is, is trying to say, like this other gentleman I mentioned before, wants to be only in a very from hotel, so I had to limit it to the ones that I knew that have very good hashkacha. 
and and that's how I work. I mean, I, I don't I know the hashkachas, I know what everybody does, and uh, you know I can I can recommend it out that way. But but you, what you're saying is from the speakers, and I think that's wrong, because I, I yes, in the case of Rabbi Fran, I even know the place. I know people who went there, and it's a very good caterer and a very good hashkocha. There's no, no question about that place. But I don't think that's the way to work because I've had more than one experience where the Rabbanim don't know anything about the kashras, and in some cases, I think they're in the wrong hotel. So it, it, it isn't the way it is a sign. You're right. If, the, if that crowd who wants to hear it by friend is going to a hotel then that means that that's the kind of crowd that wants strict kashras, and therefore the caterer is going to get a strict kashras. But in, the, the caterer gets hashkocha uh, and speakers based upon his clientele. In other words, if he has a more modern clientele, he wants to get modern speakers. If he has a from clientele, he wants a from speakers. If he has a moderate, if he's mixed together, he wants to mix them. He has to deal with his clientele. So they set a certain tone. He, as a caterer, has a certain standard for his own self, what he considers right. But the way to work it is is not to look at the speakers, but to look at the hashkacha agencies. And even right. if you don't know, you could ask around, you'd get a clear answer. That some people have to go away. I mentioned it already. I know, I know many people who have to go away because they physically cannot make Pesach. And, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you're right, what Moshe said before, that if the man has enough money and he wants to spend his money this way, we have no right to tell him not to spend his money that way. We just say, give a lot of tzedakah, fine. But we, we're not, we're not going to put him down for spending all that money there. It's not a waste. That's, if he has lives a high lifestyle and is giving a lot of tzedakah appropriately, we're not going to say it was a terrible thing he did. But, but we have to start thinking a little bit in perspective that... Uh, that, that that he has to think that man who was paying that all that money, and even the person who can't make paste at home, they have to think if I'm going to put five to ten thousand dollars per person on this hotel room, I am spending a lot of money. So should I say now I used up all my money, or shouldn't I say that we do have to do some extra tzedakah this year because we're spending a lot of money on that, and that was if we'll cut a little someplace else because we see that that uh, we, we, you know, we're enjoying Pesach on a certain level. We want to make sure that other people absorb, uh, can observe Pesach on a, on, a, on a good level according to their standards. So I think uh, the answer is really both. And uh, we should, obviously we're not stopping anybody from going anyplace. But we're saying... On the other hand, yeah. Rabbi Eider, remember Rav Shimon Eider? Oh, very well. And he went one year, he went to, to a hotel for Pesach. He was a mashkiach. That wasn't his main job. I know where he was. He was yeah, yeah. He he told us later on in the shir. He says he couldn't. He had to turn his head. Certain things he couldn't take it anymore, and that's why he never was a mashkiach anymore for Pesach or anything. But, but that that story, first of all, I'm going to tell you that story a little bit more, uh, because I know where he where he went, and 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 I know the I know the owner very the, the caterer very well. The caterer only wanted to have somebody like Rabbi Eider. And he was very happy he had Rabbi Eider. In fact, he came to me the next year and asked me to take the job, which I wouldn't do because I'm, not, I'm, I'm doing Kashi's Magazine. I never take Hashkocha. But he, but he, but he, he loved Rabbi Eider because Rabbi Eider right. was tough. Rabbi Eider saw that it's a very hard job. 
whatever he looked away from, whatever that means, I don't know. But he didn't allow anything that wasn't acceptable, no, I can assure you. It. He couldn't take it, so he had to... He, he was or something, and then he, he couldn't do this thing anymore. He, well, he all I can tell you is they loved him. They, the, the, the caterer loved him, and he would have wanted him back for sure. And, the, and he went around looking for good people to replace him, and there, there was nothing negative from the caterer there. I know the caterer very well. Right. And by either, I sure didn't give in on anything. But yes, it's very, very challenging, Hashgach and Pesach. And one thing, another Eitzah to anybody who goes away, I know it sounds exciting, but they always told us in the in the field, don't go away to a hotel that no one went to, that you didn't go to last year. In other words, that caterer was not in that hotel. It was the first time he's there. There's sure to be issues. Thank you very much for the call. I want, to add, uh, yeah, yeah. I want to add I want something about the rabbi, with what I learned from Rabbi Shlomo Perl Zatzal. Yeah. You know, he said like this, doesn't matter if it's Pesach, no Pesach, wedding, no wedding. When you go, don't look at the other people that look like rabbis and look like, you know, always all these nine yards of uh, custom. Go to the kitchen, check who is the mashgiach, check who is you, what, what you're doing, and then, then check and make your decision. And I want to answer about the, uh, the, the, the rabbi in the beginning said about Pesach, it's not a regular event. Pesach is a total different ashgacha. Very and hard. it's hard, it's hard. Very I speak, hard. I spoke with so many mashgachim that quit. They couldn't make it. They couldn't make it. You know, that's the point. The point is not, you know, that, that yes, it's with, with wedding, with Shabbat, with all other organizations. It's not, it's a total different level yeah. of ashgacha that you really need thousand eyes to check on this. And this, the eight Sahara is, such uh, uh, that, is that, you, that you want to get a, a more, hush, more hotels. And you want to do it with, with less people. It's a very, very tempting thing. Okay, let's take the next caller. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Yeah. I want to know, like, if what's the, if sometimes there's just a K on the product. I don't know if that's a problem. Well, a K could mean absolutely nothing. So you, you, you have to, you know, if you want to know who's the K, you have to contact the company. On every package, it says the name of the company and the city and the state. And if you just Google it or call anybody you know, that you can find, a, you'll be able to find that company, you'll be able to find that product, and you can contact them and ask them, send them on their website or just call them up, and they'll tell you who gives the hashkocha. The, whole, the, the law of the land, of the country that we live in, says that I can put a K on a product if I consider it kosher. You don't have to be Jewish, you don't have to be have a rabbi. You don't have to pay anybody for any kashras. You just claim that it's kosher. So a K means nothing in this country. At the same time, sometimes the K is used and it represents the OU or the OK or the Kuf K or Star K or somebody else. So you, you really can't tell by looking at it. But most times, it doesn't mean a good ashkocha. Okay? Okay. Thank you for calling. Okay, another caller? Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, hello? Yes, go ahead, please. Yes. Uh, number one, I was thinking that... It's very hard to hear you. Can you talk into this? You're on a cell phone or something? Try to talk into it better. Yeah, go ahead, please. Can you hear me better? Yes, that much better. Yeah. So uh, 
I think Rabbi Friend, I'm not sure if he wants to go into the Ashgacha, that's number one. And number two, they should give him some percentage of the Ashgacha. People are going because of him. So now he has to get some percentage from the hotel that he went to. Uh, no, no, listen, <laughs> Rabbi, it, it, the gentleman wasn't wrong. Rabbi Friend, I know. He was I, right. I, know. Saying, but I don't know if Friend would appreciate that he's in the, he's the Ashgacha of the hotel. And, and, and no. I mean, it's not. <laughs> but I, I, want, I want you to understand. Like Rabbi Fran, when he goes to the hotel, I happen to know this particular situation. Rabbi Fran goes with his whole family. I don't think they give him a nickel. Maybe they give him money. I don't know. But the, he goes with his whole family. He's not going to take his family to a hotel that the cautious isn't good. Yeah, that's what of the, course. Of course. That's what this gentleman is saying. But giving but him this advertisement, he, he becomes a couple, one, of the, one of the shkachas of the hotel. That's what I'm saying. But that's part of the whole thing. Trust him so much. But that's the part of the whole thing. That's the, the shtick. That's the shtick. And, he, and, 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 and more people are going because of him than the hashkacha. So, so it, it does work, and it is true. But the only thing is, it isn't, it isn't a uh, you know, quid pro quo. It doesn't mean that every time you see a rabbi that seems like a re- religious Jew, that he is necessarily representing, that he knows the hashkacha and that he sort of bands behind it and he did some research himself. Sometimes they find themselves in funny places. I've known rabbis who didn't eat the regular food there. So mm-hmm. you can't go with that rule that, that you want to make. It's a bad rule. The best way is to find out the Tashkoch itself is good. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you very much for calling. Point yes. That uh, most of the people, that, the rich people you mentioned, are not listening to a show probably. And most of the time, rich people don't want to listen to opinions. That's why they're... That's what they're rich. I mean, it's part of the part of their. their I don't. Their, I. 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 Rum. Rum. I'm not putting and, down. I don't. First of all, definition. Definition of rich is you know somebody who has more money than me. Uh, they, <laughs> not, I'm not interested in putting anybody down. I don't believe that 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 there's anything wrong with a person spending a lot of money for, for something. They buy an expensive diamond ring for their wife. They buy a, this. They have a fancy car. They, they get some they dedicate a building. I never dedicated a building in yeshiva. They do something with their money, whatever it is. That's their business with a bonus them. It's just that we have to, we were mentioning before that that, that billion dollars or half a billion or a billion and a half dollars, whatever it is, should have been able to produce a lot of money for tzedakah. The truth is, I went through this a, a couple of years ago. They do a, they do fundraise at all the activity at all those programs, and they do give to yeshivas. And there's there probably are millions of dollars going to places, but it seems that if you're spending your money for Gashmias at the time of where we're playing down Gashmias, then because that's what Pesach is, you know, playing down Gashmias and Pesach and on, and 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 on on Sukkot, we're going with Pashtus. And you're going with something else, so at least you should be able to lift up our people who are suffering, because there are people who literally cannot make a pesach, who are people who can't make the rent. People can't. There are people with real problems in our neighborhoods, and and, and it would be nice if the the people who do have money, I'm not going to say that we're rich, would address a little more attention to some of these people, and you know. Uh, the covet of the of giving the, the building, it's very nice. But there are other people who want that covered. But the people who are in neighborhoods don't have the money. You don't you don't have to have your name on it. 
You just go to go to the Landau's and say, you know what? You did a wonderful program for Pesach. You did a wonderful uh, program for Purim. Now I want to try to get you another couple hundred thousand dollars for the summer. The people should be when they're not going to be working and, not, and the rebbe's are off. Let's help some people out. They're beautiful. Okay. Right. And that, I think and also on the flip side, there are some people that go to the hotels and they can't afford it, but they feel they have to do it. They become a name when they come back from Pesach. Very much, everyone. We're, we're, we're going to do a show together again soon. Take care. <laughs> okay, another caller. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can I help you? Yeah, that's me. That is you. Oh, yeah, hi. I would like to ask you a question, and it might be, it might be a little, a little bit uh, controversial. What's your opinion about strawberries? Well, we mentioned before strawberries, my personal opinion isn't worth anything because I don't really have, uh, I don't have enough expertise. The, the feeling of the, uh, Strict approach with Rabbi Vaya, etc., is that we can't, we, you, mean you, you and I cannot wash strawberries and get them 100% clean. And therefore, we shouldn't do it. Can they be grown specially uh, in, um, in, in greenhouses? Yes. Are they being done that way? Yes, by several companies are doing that now. They're doing an effective job, but that means the product is starting clean. And there's no big deal. Then they just wash it. But for us to buy a dirty product from the street, that has bugs all over it, to wash it, we can't do it. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So uh, and my last question is, how could I know uh, uh, for a certain hexer if it's reliable or not? Where could I ask? Okay, it, so now I'm going to give you, I'm going to, we do this all the time. I'm going to do this. I don't know if we have time for anything else, but let me just do this one here. We, what you do, it, it depends what level you're looking at. If you want to know the American standard of kashras, you go to crcweb.org, crcweb.org, crcweb.org. You go there and look for this thing called Other Agencies. It's a list of 150 organizations that are acceptable to the American Standard of Kashrus. It doesn't say that. It just calls it Other Agencies. But that is a very well-researched list. It's updated all the time. I just had a gentleman on the phone today who, whose wife liked a certain product, and I told him, you know, I don't need the hope from that organization. He's still arguing with me. Why my wife needs it? I said, look, well, let's look on the CRC web, and it, it wasn't there. In other words, that cash agency is not acceptable. So that was the end of the story. So that's number one. If you want a frumer approach than that, you want a very right wing approach. That what you have to do is pick a cash agency that you like, whether it's a chashiv rov or a, a, a very frumer organization that you happen to respect. Call them up, and they will start helping you. Just don't say, give me all the list of all the names, you, things you could use. Say, you know, work with the names. Say, can I, I, I'm like you people. I like to know, can I rely on A, B, C, and D? And then a few weeks later on, call them, try to get the name of that person, call them back again, and then say, what about E, F, G, and H? And then a few weeks later, call the same person back again, and after a while, he's working for you. That's my sheet. Okay? Take good care. And if... Calling me doesn't do you any good because I don't know who you are, and you really have to get your act together for yourself by by deciding where you want to put the dogish. It could be, you know, Hisaklas Rabbanim. It could be uh, the OU. It could be Star K. It could be uh, one of the Hasidish uh, Rabbanim in Borough Park. It's up to you. Okay, take yeah, good care. Thank you for listening. Okay, uh, we have any time yet? No. No. No time. So we're 
just let everybody know that if you'd like to get updated on Kashmir, come to us at Kashmir Magazine. Call us at 718-336-8544. You can look up Kashmir Magazine online. It's Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, magazine.com, or our Bug Free Kosher website called Bug Free Kosher. And uh, you'll learn a little bit about Kashrus Magazine if you want to speak to us, 718-336-8544. Until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine.